0: Welcome back, Bears fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bears Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is going on, everybody? It is Friday, the CHGO Audible Day. Will do it, Nicholas Moriano here. Excited for a jam-packed, I believe, episode full of Bears discussion for you. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going good, good Will. How are you? How are what plans do you have for this Memorial Day weekend? Uh, It's all going to start after this show. I'm going to build the toddler a water table for outside. Got a nice little setup going, a little table that has water running through it. He's going to have a great time, and I personally am looking for some things to grill. Maybe some ribs, maybe some steaks, maybe a little bit of both. How about you, man?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, that sounds like a great time, Will. Uh, For me, probably going to go hang out with some friends on Saturday then My brother actually just got back from uh, Romania for two weeks uh, yesterday. I picked him up from the airport, so hanging out with the family on Sunday and just having a relaxing weekend, as most people, I think, who are listening, will do the same on this Memorial Day weekend.
0: Memorial Day weekend. We don't get a lot of them here at CHGO. There will be a show still uh, on Monday, just not live, if I'm not mistaken, pre-recorded, right?
1: I believe that's how we're doing uh, things. I,
0: I thought so. I just want to make sure. I want to make sure we set those proper expectations uh, for everyone. But yes, it's. Going I'll to be actually a jump
1: week. in because uh, y'all on the Bears channel,
0: uh, you guys already did. This is show oh, number right. six this week. That's right, because of OTAs. MJ six, uh, and <laughs> so technically on Monday there will not be any Bears show released see um, and because, this is why you're here because yeah. i would be talking incorrect facts and and we don't want that no. for anybody but Enough it makes sense your... that we do so much content yeah we earned the day off a true day off that's correct but obviously uh white sox cubs uh bears and or pff, bulls and blackhawks are all posting shows on
1: monday we got some good ones i, I did the Sox Sweet. one i'm about to do the black black hawks one after this so uh we'll see how it goes
0: you're earning that day off too Law. You got <laughs> yeah. this. You got this. All right. So we have a lot to get to here in today's show. We're going to predict which position groups we believe will have the best season. We're going to look at some different statistical categories and we want to determine whether or not the bears can maybe turn some of those around like a first to worst or worst to first, not completely, uh, but just looking at the ones that either they Succeeded in last year and may regress or ones that they struggled in last year. And we may find a a lot of growth and then towards the end of the show, we're going to share some and create some, I think, overreactions to the bears. OTAs the first week of it i i think this is going to be a lot of fun before we get into that i want to let everyone know as justin oh sorry that's actually darnell now you guys are changing it on me darnell mooney with the thumbs up on the bottom of the screen uh give this video a like as we go along and nick when i woke up this morning i saw an article on nfl.com uh that was like hey we're gonna give you the most underrated player on every nfc team And I was thinking, who would be underrated for the Bears? And I didn't really have a name that came to mind right away. But the article lists Jaquan Brisker as the most underrated Chicago Bear right now. And they referenced some good stats about uh, when uh, throws were in his area. They were just way under expected for a completion rate. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I don't think it's really relevant right now. But I thought that was an interesting way to like correlate uh, and you know, determine if he was the most underrated I just I, I feel like there was a lot of love for him here in Chicago last year with the understanding there's still room to grow I didn't feel like he was undervalued or underappreciated in this uh you know context but was there anyone else that would be uh, in your eyes more underrated on this team
1: yeah, no, it's a good question, Will, because I feel like for the Bears, there's a like Jaquan Brisker is going to be one of the focal players for the Bears moving forward. But I can see why, like the position and how that article is kind of how she kind of, I think it was Cynthia Freeland, if I'm not mistaken, who wrote it. Um, it's you know, you factor in the contracts into that. And obviously a rookie not making as much annually is going to be in there, but I'm thinking about underrated players that nobody's really talking about for the bears in this 2023 season. Maybe we're looking at like some, like a Nate Davis. would almost maybe be like hmm. underrated, even though he's a big signing for the bears, but it's, he's an offensive lineman. Right. And if we see some stability up front for the bears there, that would be, you know, a signing that obviously looks really good when maybe you're halfway through the season. Justin Fields is still upright, throwing passes, and the running game still looking uh, effective. Like, that would be a good signing for the Bears. Or maybe someone like Deontay Foreman, right, on the, the one-year deal here in, in Chicago and being productive in the ru- rushing attack. But for me, I could see why Jaquan Brisker was the guy in a strong safety, right? They're the furthest away from the football, but he's probably going to play mm-hmm. more in the box and maybe don't get as much love, but... Those are two names just on offense that came to mind for, I guess, quote unquote, underrated players.
0: Right. DeMarcus Walker was one that came to me just because I feel like a lot of people were sleeping on him uh, a bit. There's been some with an offseason as busy as it's been. It's it's easy to overlook a signing and forget. Oh, yeah, this guy's here. And of course, his role being defined on the defensive front will be interesting with that inside out uh, versatility. Uh, Gary Ross mentioned Jalen Jones, Josh Blackwell underrated, absolutely going from undrafted free agents to both having to start at one point last year. I've been very vocal, at least during our content last season, that they were both uh, very impressive considering how they kind of made their spots here uh, on the team. I did see that Adam Schefter reported that DeAndre Hopkins has been released. Are you, uh, are you on the hop train again, or are we good now? Uh, has the bears, did they do enough at white out?
1: Yeah, I mean, previous to um, obviously the Bears getting DJ Moore, I was all for the Bears trying to make a trade or, you know, to try to acquire a player like this. Now, Will, like, it's kind of hard to say no to more weapons, but how would a DeAndre Hopkins, you know, fit into this wide receiver room? Not that he can't, but it just seems like it's fair to say that the Bears are, are good at the wide receiver position, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's actually a, a good question. Well, would I want a Deandre Hopkins in this bears wide receiver wo- room? Would Would bears fans want it? Yes or no. Uh, in, in the comments here, but he is, he has been released and you know, uh, before, before the bears made the DJ Moore trade, I was all for Deandre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Now it's a different story.
0: Bam. But if you have both, like, uh, unfortunately, it would take away the share from some of the younger guys. Zarna Mooney would be someone highly affected by a signing like that. Same thing with Scott, who you just drafted. Chase Claypool with a big year. It would make that room so damn crowded, but also like that's not a bad really thing. I, I saw a comment here from uh, Stephen D54, you know, trading for Hop, no, but signing him, I wouldn't hate it, right? Because you're not having to give away extra resources mm-hmm to bring him in it's just purely financial and we all know the bears have a very good cap situation currently right now so it would make you know, fiscal sense uh like it's not the end of the world but like you nick i don't know i, I it could be fun but it's not like the bears would be i don't want i don't want to say like remiss for missing out on him but i feel like he wants to go to someone who he believes can contend probably a little bit quicker mm-hmm. uh, than the bears right now and then being a year or so out from a true content contending state
1: i wonder well does deandre hopkins though make the bears more That's of, of, a true of a contender. yeah mm-hmm. so this is interesting now and again this year is all about knowing what justin fields is as a passer deandre hopkins is no doubt going to help that it's uh it's a, a fascinating discussion to have and a matt nagy chimes in oh like the, like the chiefs like a matt yeah that would be like a team that i can see deandre Hopkins going to just adding to the, the weapons mahomes can use it's yeah a very interesting conversation i doubt the bears actually make a move and go get hopkins but it's fun to talk about
0: you know ryan poles will do his due diligence though and mm-hmm. i don't think he would completely you know not look at it completely ignore it uh, but it will be interesting to find out where he lands here in the league and we did start a youtube poll here during the live show about dhop Uh, so definitely throw your thoughts in that poll we'll share those results later on in the in the show that's fun didn't expect to have to talk about deandre hopkins here today but that's why i love live shows news breaks and you have to kind of adjust on the fly but let's get into our planned segments and topics here for Mm -hmm. today and the very first one uh, that we wanted to look into is now that the Bulk of the work is done for this off season. OTAs has officially begun. What are the best positional groups on this team? I have like a, a an A and a B here. It looks like in the notes you had an A and a B as well. So what's like your number one positional unit
1: that you're like, yeah, they're the best. You know, well, I'm just glad that we can actually have this discussion and have different groups to talk about because yeah, last sure. season, it was not the case for the Bears. Like, what's the best position group? What's not the worst, maybe, as you can look at it. <laughs> but now this season, it's a little different with the talent that's been added here. But for me, my best position group that I'm looking at is the wide receiver room. And I know we're just talking about adding De- or the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins, but looking at adding a DJ more, having a healthy Darnell Mooney, a Chase Claypool, who's now more familiar in the system and pushing other guys down like Avalis Jones Jr., Tyler Scott and uh, Dante Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown. So you have a you have a lot of guys in this room and all of their production is going to be predicated to you know what Justin Fields can do this season. And we're all expecting him to take a jump. So I like this room. I like the potential of this room, the flexibility that Luke Getzey can have moving these guys around on certain plays and what each skill set for these guys, what they bring to a table. So the wide receiver for, for me is much improved, can be a, I think Luke Getzey, Andrew Janoka wanted to be more of a focal point in this offense. Mm-hmm. They have the guys I think that can make that happen. If all goes right, if fields can take that step, that next jump in year two.
0: I'm like pinching like my whole body right now, trying to figure out like, is this real life can the bears best strongest positional group actually be wide receiver the one that was the weakest link last year the one throughout our entire lifetimes it feels like the bears have never been able to load up that room with a lot of talent outside of a couple of exceptions a random here a random season here or there Uh, But for them, if they can live up to their potential, if they can be Justin Fields' best friends and really just take off this season, I I think we're in for a very, I I honestly, just a a treat uh, of a year. Uh, Let's stick with this offense then. So this is technically like my second one, but we can stay on this side of the ball. I think running back may be better, Nick. Uh, Just looking at that room uh, from top to bottom – Everyone brings a little something different to the table. And this is a unit that really excites me. You know, Dante Foreman, uh, he's tied for eighth among running backs with 20 or more carries uh, last year in terms of, uh, what was that shit? <laughs> I put a number there and I forgot what it was. The explosive and now, plays? I know he had yes, a bunch of explosive that, that plays. That was it. Yards of, oh, 20 plus yard carries. There we go. I got so excited about that water table getting delivered. I didn't put that extra little note in there. No, I'm kidding, but I should have definitely read that a little bit differently. Uh, On top of that, too, 14th in the NFL with 4.4 yards per carry since 2021. of running backs with at least 12 or more carries per game over the past two seasons. That's more than Derrick Henry. That's more than Saquon Barkley. And that's right under Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook. So he's in really good company there. We all know Khalil Herbert, 11th in the NFL with five yards per carry of backs with at least five carries per game since he entered the league two seasons ago. Uh, Again, a testament of the bang for his buck. He never gets the bulk of the carries, but when he does, he does a lot of things well and makes a decent amount of plays and then roshan johnson too. 45 percent for smith's tackle rate over the last two years in college that led all running backs in the country with at least 190 carries per pff tress ebner i know a lot of people are like already soured out we've already added more running backs i get it but in terms of a receiver out of the backfield is still something he does most uh better than most guys right now on this roster i just think this is a very well-rounded group there it's like you have a toolbox and you open it up and you can just say okay i I want herbert or we need rojo on this drive they all can do something a little bit different and that's going to help this entire offense and again i think the talent uh whether it's the top three rojo cleel herbert and foreman like that is a true three-headed monster in the backfield
1: yeah it's a good monster to have when you especially you lose a guy like david montgomery you still add weapons at that position group and the bears are very successful at running the ball. And we'll actually talk about that later in the podcast. My one B I'll call it is a cornerbacks room here. Well, and I know uh, we had that brought up in, in our commenters here um, just a little bit ago, but when I look at that group and I do expect Jalen Johnson to, I was going to be a part of that. I know he's not OTAs yet, but you look at him, you look at Kyler Gordon getting better in year two. You know, even a guy like Kendall Vildor just being a better football player, but also adding, you know, Tyreek Stevenson, who I think will be the starting outside corner come week one. But you add those guys in, Josh Blackwell, Jalen Jones, even a guy like Michael Ojemudie, just getting better in, in this system and in, in year two now. Like, that's a good group to have. And they we, we talked about this a lot. They had some success, you know, without a good front seven for the Bears. And that has been improved maybe not the edge rushers as much as we would have all liked to, but definitely the interior of that Bears defensive line, definitely the linebackers and their coverage capabilities, that's going to help the the Bears secondary, knowing that you have coverage linebackers that can maybe do their assignment a little bit better than the group last year. So this sec this Bears cornerbacks room, just with the improvements they're going to make individually, technique-wise, and what they can be capable of doing in, you know, now year two with Eva Fluson and, and Allen Williams, I like the potential of that group and they have some good guys that can, I think, make some noise in 2023.
0: You know, for someone who said the secondary, the cornerbacks are like the strongest group, the best group. You're talking a lot about them linebackers, Nick, and that's leading right into my top position, which is linebacker. I think this unit But not by far, but I think they are, at least to me, the cream of the crop uh, Mm -hmm. on this roster. I I really like TJ Edwards. I really, really like Tremaine Edmonds. I love that the Tremaine Edmonds thing, at least for me, came full circle. Again, I was heading to Soldier Field. The Roquan debacle came out. And then I was thinking like, well, if Roquan doesn't work out, who's available this upcoming offseason? And then I saw Tremaine Edmonds, the other linebacker that was drafted early on in the same draft class. I was like, oh, he fits better in the Bears 4-3 scheme. Oh, he's someone who's going to play through his contract year and it's not trying to hold out. And right now, I really appreciated that. And and here he is. And he's had 210 combined tackles since 2021. If you look at Edwards, he's ninth in the NFL in combined tackles since then with 289. So over the last two seasons, the Bears' starting linebackers, their Mike and their Will, literally have five combined tackles in two years like this they're gonna eat nick they're gonna eat within this defense edwards had 10 tackles for loss last year Edmund, uh has 13 over his last two seasons i mean hell jack Sanborn i haven't mentioned him yet you know the guy that really burst onto the scene last year for the bears he averaged like nine tackles per game between weeks nine through 13 before he got injured last year so he is another player here that i really like for the chicago bears and Between all three starting linebacker spots, I I think they're rock solid. They have youth. They have that veteran leadership. I mean, Edmonds, he's been in the league for five years and he's only 24. Like, he's as old as some players who are being drafted right now with five years of NFL experience to draw off of. And I feel like he's just now going to hit his prime here with the Bears. So I'm really excited uh, about that. I can probably keep rambling on and on about these linebackers, Nick, but... I really believe they are the best unit on this team.
1: Yeah. Well, when you put that in our, our rundown here, I'm like, damn it. will took the linebackers. And you know, (laughs) that's, that's a group that look free agency. That's where polls went right to upgrade the linebacker position and kind of going back to who's over or underrated. I feel like TJ Edwards kind of gets lost in the mix because Tremaine Mm. Edmonds is here, right? Like we, I think a lot of, and especially recently after the first OTA practice, like Tremaine Edmonds had a 100-yard pick six. I don't know if he would have been tackled, but he made the headlines in in OTAs. But, like, I feel like he almost gets underrated, even though he was just playing the Super Bowl, right, on a very, obviously very good Eagles defense. But, yeah, that room is going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to that production continuing now with the Bears and, you know, just doing some really good things for Allen Williams and Iberflues.
0: And what I love about Edwards is the fact that he's grown into a top 10 linebacker in the NFL as someone who was undrafted, someone that had a fight tooth and nail for those opportunities. And when those situations arose where he had his number called, he made the most of them and kind of like never let go. And you need guys on this roster who have those sorts of capabilities. And mm-hmm. again, Tremaine Edmonds, he's one of the best in the league too at linebacking, but he was like a, a very high first round pick. I don't remember if he was exactly in the top 10, but I remember he and Roquan were very, very close uh, in that draft class. So uh, again, you have a, guys have different paths to, to the same spot and it's going to make, uh, I think for really just great tandem here uh, in Chicago, really a trio when you throw in Sanborn too.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm glad will that, you know, with this new regime, obviously, And just coaching staff, like the linebacker, like it just seems right that the Bears linebackers are a strength of their team, right? Even though this is a new age of football and everything's a passing league for the Bears, like they've always had a a strong history legacy at the linebacker position. So it's it's all right to have some of those old age beliefs and just how the team's always been be here in the new era. Because the Bears have their Mike linebacker, they have their Will linebacker, they have Jack Sanborn. So I think that's always, just for me, a plus growing up Mm -hmm. a Bears fan and always seeing that. And now this new age of linebackers can still be a strength and focal point of this team.
0: Right. I mean, we had Erlacher and Briggs, but they weren't alone. He had Hunter Hillemeyer to be like Mm -hmm. to round them out. And obviously the Bears changed defenses to a 3-4 for the better part of the last almost decade uh, until they went back to a 4-3 but you had Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan what was that Drell Freeman and Danny Trevathan yeah, for a yeah. season right like that <laughs> just you need good linebackers in Chicago it's in the DNA uh, of this franchise and it's good to have some back and of course I we just aged ourselves by you know referencing the ones we did i know others got to watch other great linebackers and you know I, we're a little envious of you but we're speaking from, you know, our experience here mm-hmm. uh, on the show, but all right. So we're looking at winebacker, the secondary wide receiver and running back. Justin Fields is somewhere, you know,
1: wagging his finger at his next thing.
0: <laughs> quarterback guys, quarterback.
1: No, that's a good point. Well, uh, I like the quarterbacks room that they have right now. And PJ Walker is definitely a capable backup. And, you know, it, Justin Fields, we all expect him to be the guy next season. Um, I think for, for me, why I didn't include the the quarterbacks, like, I think we just expect like Justin Fields to ascend and he's like the guy, but collectively as a room, all the other guys, like, I think that's why I kept them or I guess really Justin Fields out, but we all know quarterback is, is a strength because they have Justin Fields.
0: Do you know, he leads the league in rushing yards per attempt since 2021
1: really i did not know
0: mm-hmm. that when i was looking up these running back stats uh, a bit ago for our guys i was on stat Muse. love the website by the way it's an amazing stat so it's just a great way to like find different stats uh but i was like who leads the league in like yards per carry since 2021 i was like justin fields does so i was like who led in 2022 was like of course it was justin fields so i had to like specify okay running backs please running backs <laughs> because it was like Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, one, two, but uh, again, uh, we're expecting a lot of growth from Justin as a passer this year, and that's what's Mm going to make him take that next step in this league to become, I I think, recognized as one of the better passers and quarterbacks here. Um, But that running ability, too, you just can't, you know, you can't omit that. It's going to be a part of his identity, whether he says it's he doesn't want it to be or not. But ideally, it's not the primary portion of his identity, like it was last season uh and again if he supplements it he's gonna just get more effective i think per carry which is really scary and really dangerous all right that does it for our first segment we need to take a quick time out and then we'll be right back with some more bears discussion and nick you're up first
1: yeah if you haven't already you guys it's time to cut the cable and go to fubu tv Uh, 140 live channels of sports shows movies news whatever you like watching fubo's got you covered you can stream live live tv from your device uh, any device really everyone's got a cell phone and you could do it on there your laptop your tablet whatever else you could possibly use uh, fubo's got you covered and you can watch the most chicago sports for the lowest price no contracts no hassle just sign up and start watching today you can watch the cubs the white Sox, both playing later today on marquee nbc sports chicago with fubo tv and all you got to do use the link in the description below to sign up for a 15 15 per- off your first month of Fubo Pro. All
0: right. You have to take on the sun this weekend for Memorial Day with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Race have you covered for that warm weather with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. They are an independent sunglasses company. They offer world-class product. And it's really just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. I'm still rocking my Shady Race since I think I bought them in 2019, durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And somehow if you like you break these really durable shades or you end up losing them, that's probably most likely for me. By the way, every single pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break them day one, 10, 100, it doesn't matter. They will replace those sunglasses no Questions asked. So you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your shady rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There really is no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And right now, there is a Memorial Day sale going on. Right now, it is live. You can go to shadyrays.com and get 35% off all sunglasses. So go try for yourself the shade rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. This is the CHDO Bears podcast with Nicholas Moriano throwing it back here on a Friday. And we are now going to look at some ways the Bears can maybe improve or or regress maybe this upcoming season. Just looking at some different statistical categories uh, that they either excelled in or didn't and maybe finding the inverse this upcoming season. And uh, I think, unfortunately, but fortunately, Nick, there's not a lot that did good last year that you can say, mm-hmm. hey, maybe that's not going to carry over. But I do think you have one uh, on your list, a, a couple of areas where the Bears did actually lead the league in some regards, and you're, I'm assuming, expecting some mild regression. I'm going to use the word mild.
1: Yeah, well, the mild's a good word here, Will, and the stat that you're alluding to is the rushing yards and rushing attempts from last season. The Bears are first in rushing yards with 3,014 and second in rushing attempts just behind the Falcons with 558. Now, that was a good number for the Bears. Obviously, they show that they can run the football. I do expect that number to regress, and there's a couple of reasons why. One, we just were talking about Justin Fields and having over 1,000 rushing yards last season. I don't expect that number to be the same in 2023 because he's gonna have more opportunities to pass the football and show that he's capable of doing that. So that's one reason why. But also, too, like the I talked about it earlier. Like Luke Getsy and Andrew Junoko want the passing offense to be more of a focal point. So I think the Bears are they're not gonna to transition to being a pass first team. They're just gonna be more effective in it. So they don't have to be pigeonholed to only running the football, so I do think both these numbers come down, but that doesn't mean that they won't still be effective in in both those areas in twenty twenty three. But they led the 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 league last year because they kind of had to. So now this year it's not going to be a necessity, but they can use it as a complementary piece to their offense and their passing game.
0: See, you look at. I mean we look at the talent in the running back room and it can be argued it's better i think it is improved and we talked about that uh, just a few moments ago and then you look at the offensive line a lot of reasons to say that they're going to be better this year even uh, in their run blocking nate davis i think would be an improvement in the interior uh, of course you have right over there on, on the outside too now so I don't know. It's one of those where obviously it's not going to be because like you said, not because they're going to get worse at it. They're just not going to have to lean on it so damn much like they've had to last season and ideally with DJ Moore, Justin Fields and this offense growing and becoming more I don't even want to say pass first. I wouldn't not, I wouldn't mind a balanced attack, but becoming more balanced this year regardless We'll just kind of skew that away from leading the league, but don't let that deter you like it's a setback. I think it's a great way to like keep in mind as we enter this upcoming year.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. And again, if the Bears could be balanced, that's going to help them get more wins. I think there's a comment here the Bears led the league of rushing, also had the least amount of wins. Like, not that mm-hmm. exact correlation, but you do need to be a balanced offense, I think, to win football games. I'll, I'll flip it to the
0: defense, but I'm going to stick with the running game. Last year, the Bears had 31 touchdowns surrendered on the ground, which was dead last in the league. And something was telling me to go back to some Bears after dark notes. And I forgot. I'm happy I forgot. I must have blacked it out on purpose. Uh, But that was the second most rushing touchdown surrender by defense all time. Like ever. Uh, for a single season, only behind the 1961 Raiders who gave up more than the Bears did last year. Just to put it into context, how piss poor that run defense was last year, uh, especially keeping teams out of the end zone uh, on the ground. But we talked about these linebackers, and yes, they are uh, going to improve coverage uh, a ton and help this defense in terms of, like, you know, covering passes in that middle of the field won't be as glaring of a hole as it was last year. But running defense, too, is going to get a lot better. Uh, all the rookies that you drafted with Pickens, uh, of course, you have uh, Dexter there, too. And bringing in Demarcus Walker and Billings, who's literally a run stuffer. There's a lot of reasons to say, OK, this Bears run defense will be better. And particularly, I think. Inside the 10, inside the five, and in goal line situations, they're not going to be pushed around uh, like they were last year. But there's too many times when I remember a play against the Packers specifically when they just did like a outside run and it was like the floodgates opened up and guys were getting picked off left and right. And the back, I think it was Jones at the time wasn't even touched uh, on his way to the end zone. Uh, Daniel Jones himself, right. The quarterback for the giants mm-hmm. that that scramble of, uh, I was like a 20 yard out just on <laughs> touch in the end zone. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, This season. So this is one where I can see them. You know, we're not saying they can go from worst to first. I can see them going from worse last season to a top 10, potentially top five defense uh, against the run this year and keeping teams out of the end zone. Uh, 31 last year. I'd be surprised if it's over 25, 20. uh, I mean, 25 is still be a lot to me over 20 this upcoming season.
1: Yeah. The teams knew they can run on the bears and they did so. And they didn't they, until the bears sh- showed that they could stop them. The bears uh, opposing teams weren't going to do that. I remember being in that giants game, like, Oh, they ran the, you know, the quarterback keeper with Daniel Jones again and again, mm-hmm. until, and the bears never figured it out. So I agree. That's definitely a stat that can be flipped in 2023. Another one, though, going back for me to the offense. Actually, now that I look at all, all my stats are on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball. Uh, we'll go with the receiving yards. They, the Bears ranked dead last in in receiving yards last season, two thousand five hundred ninety eight. Cole Kmet was your leading leading guy in that category. Um, Darno Mooney obviously got injured, but we expect the big jumps from from Justin Fields. You have now DJ Moore. Like this is not going to. This is a group that has enough talent. To put up some numbers this season if all goes right and maybe it takes a little bit of time in the beginning to get that chemistry the timing everything down but there are there are playmakers in this room that's okay to say the bears have playmakers as for pass catchers and you can throw in a, a robert Tonyan in that group as well mm-hmm. for for guys that will catch the football and put yards and i think we'll see more of the yards after catch that's what justin Fields said he was working on to doing with his footwork like you have the footwork down you give guys better opportunities to get those yards after catch i think we see more of that in 2023 so the 2598 receiving yards that they finished with in 2022 i don't know if it's going to be a top 10 unit but maybe like borderline that top 15 maybe they're just outside of that but it's not going to be in the bottom half of the league anymore the bears have i think too much talent to actually do that again so that's not going to happen. And that's one that can easily see being flipped here.
0: Wow. That's also the same amount of yards. The bears passed for last year. <laughs> just When you look at it, passing yards, it's almost like it's the same stat, just categorized uh, a little bit different, but that was still last in the league for passing yards last year. So whether you're looking at the receivers themselves or, you know, the targets themselves uh, or just the quarterback play in general, 32nd, it's not going to be where the bears are at uh, when it, when that final, final whistle blows uh, next January, but even passing attempts, they were dead last last year in mm-hmm. passing attempts, 377. Uh, and it, if the bears want any hope of actually like being like, you know, playoff contenders, uh, they will need to turn that around. And really, I think most importantly, if Justin Fields is the guy that everyone expects him to be uh, this season and beyond, he's going to have to carry a little bit more of the weight on his shoulders and as a passer. And by doing so and leaning on him more, I, I just think by default and naturally that number is going to have to rise.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Well, we talked about like the attempts, what should Justin Fields be averaging? Like if he's in the low, I think he had over like 320 or something, somewhere around that, but it's like 400s, the low 400s. He could be definitely in that range for for passing attempts. So that's definitely going to go up in 2023.
0: Yeah, it was one of those. I think I have 377 passing oh, attempts here for him. Uh, or I guess that was as a team. So with him being out for a tiny bit last year, that would that would definitely change that. Uh, but as yeah, a no, team no still, the Bears only had 377. And I mean, the top teams, you're looking at the Bucks, the Chargers, the Vikings, 751, 711, 672, 664. Like, that's like double. Uh, what the Bears were doing, and that's why, again, going back to some of the stats we talked about earlier, the running game that's why we're going to have to try to find some middle ground here, and why naturally you're going to see those numbers on the ground dip a bit just because the Bears are so heavily skewed, uh, uh as a running team and, and not really passing whatsoever.
1: Yeah, well, that no, that makes sense. Um, my last stat here that I think the Bears can change can flip in 2023 the bears are 31st in the league in four quarter points scored with 3.6 mm. on average. And remember the, during that stretch where Justin Fields was lighting the NFL on fire, it wasn't, it was a lot of his teammates failing to execute down the stretch of football games that didn't allow the bears to, you know, win more games Worked down the end, gained the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. But, Now there's more talent here, Will. There's more talent on the offensive side. There's more talent on the defensive side to give the offense more opportunities. So that three-point average, being 31st in the league in fourth quarter points scored, I don't think that's going to be the case in 2023. And I think the Bears are going to be competitive in a lot of these football games after looking at the schedule. Like you look at maybe they're... The one game that maybe could get out of hand, but we'll see, is like Kansas City. That's like the pinnacle, the top opponent, right, on on the schedule. But still, like that could still be a competitive game. And I just think the Bears have more talent now that that's not going to be the case where they're not able to score points. The defense isn't able to stop anybody. And now we're seeing a more well-rounded football team that can score more, especially when it counts in late, late situations and games. Gosh, I mean, only
0: three points, give or take, in the fourth quarter. Uh, on average a field goal like that's a it. field goal that's it Ugh. man like that frustrates me just kind of like reminiscing and like feeling that again because how many times were they you know playing from behind how many times it actually did like you said that one stretch carry a lead into that second half into that fourth quarter and let it slip away from the inability to execute and it does go down one more level uh, you mentioned talent coaching, though. Uh, play calling and coaching is going to have to really step, step up if uh, they really want to turn that around, because that's when the good coaches uh, get separated from the great coaches uh, in this league, is in that final quarter. Same thing with players, um, but it is it is also on the coaches because uh, that's when halftime adjustments are taken, and then you adjust again from there. You you have to make sure teams don't catch up to you when you're on offense. So I think that's a great one, Nick, that they must absolutely must turn around here uh, without question uh, a couple for the defense here I, I think third down defense can be drastically improved they were dead last last year in the league averaging uh, a conversion rate allowed about 49 so percent' literally like flipping a coin <laughs> and they were converting every single time uh, you know 50 50 chance like that's not going to cut it this year and we talked about Really all three levels of the defense on this show, the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, all three combined uh, gives me a lot of hope uh, that they can get off the field. Uh, and on top of that, inside the red zone, they were 28th uh, on defense in the red zone last year, allowing touchdowns on 65% of those trips. Uh, again, that should be cut down drastically with the better cover backers that condensed area of the field and better inside the 10 inside the five run defense that I mentioned too. And it's all correlates Nick to less points per game allowed 27.2 points per game surrendered last year, dead last in the NFL. This is one where I can see them being in the top half of the league, uh, just with the talent that they brought in Allen Williams, getting a little bit more comfortable here, uh, running this bears defense. Uh, I feel really good about the bears chances uh, of flipping the script here, I uh, went uh, really in all three of my key phases, points per game, red zone defense and third down.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I like that a lot. And there's going to be some people who will watch this well and be like, wow, look at these guys are saying that they're going to flip the script on a lot of these stats where they're last in the league. Like teams don't just stay at the bottom and just not improve after all the, you know, additions the bears have made, like they are going to improve in these categories. Like it's going to happen. And I'm gonna love it when the comments come flooding. All oh, these guys are, bare, you know, just uh, drinking the Kool-Aid, all this stuff. But look, there have been major improvements on this team. They're they're going to improve in a lot of these categories. And you can just say you heard it here first on the CHO Bears podcast. And maybe next time, you know, you'll you'll be better. And just keep continue watching, subscribe, like, and, and you'll just know where you're gonna get your Bears content. But I can already foresee it. And maybe even the next next uh, section of our show will even, you know, enforce like the, I don't know, the overreactions that, that people will have. But Bears are going to get better. Just be just be ready for it.
0: You, you're telling me that people are going to overreact to our overreactions?
1: Yes. Big Okay.
0: Time. Good big to know. I'm going to take a deep breath before <laughs> we get to that segment. I actually do have one more stat, Nick, uh, that we didn't touch Ooh. on, but I think both of us can have a quick convo on it. Sacks allowed the bears only they gave up the most sacks in the league last season at 55 that was tied for the most to render it on offense like this is one too where i think the nature of justin's game even with an improved offensive line i feel like he's going to get sacked more than maybe we would like uh, but i don't think it should be the most in the nfl i don't think they should be giving up nearly 60 sacks uh, for the season this is another one where if they can get top 20 top half I think I would be pretty happy with I, I think the pass protection itself will be solid if he does and by he I mean Justin adhere to his word where he's trying to get that ball out quicker and allow his playmakers to make plays that will really cut this number down but uh, something he's like that that slinger mentality always wanting to extend the play if something's breaking down and just that that style of play is going to lead to more sacks than
1: some other styles of quarterbacking No doubt about it, Will. And I like this comment from Click here. Having the same voice in his ear will help a ton. Yeah, having Mm -hmm. that continuity with the play color is going to be big for Justin Fields. And that three-step quick game, you know, it's all about timing and footwork. And with Justin Fields now being in the second year of this offense, we're going to see him make quicker, more decisive decisions. That's his big thing that he's wanted to work on, that he has been working on. And if he shows he can do that, like those sack numbers will drop. And the big Mm -hmm. thing with the quick passing game, if you drop back past that third step, you are really putting your offensive line in a bad place. They are dropping back, you know, factoring in where you're going to be as a quarterback in your drop back. So if he figures that out, gets that internal clock going a little bit quicker, knows how to be decisive. Watch out for Justin Fields.
0: I mean, how many times have we seen that press box last year, Nick, and watch other offenses operate exactly like that where the bears defensive line they couldn't carry any pressure uh because they were getting the ball out so damn quick it was Mm -hmm. whether it's a three-step drop from center whether it's like a two-step drop right out of the gun where it's just boom boom out boom boom out like you you get your hitch step and you fire it out there and it's just quick easy catch the receiver again two or three yards afterwards the next thing you know they're moving the chains doing it again and it's really demoralizing for a defense. When that happens, it really wears them down pretty quickly. Uh, So there's going to be a lot of benefits, not just the sack numbers going down. And actually one more thing. Well, we can say too, if you cut the sack number down a lot, you're going to be in a lot more favorable third down situations or situation. on second, you'll be playing ahead of the sticks move. And then it'll help them move those chains more consistently instead of playing. in those second and longs third and longs and, you know, even though the Bears were in that a lot last year, they still somehow ran the ball more than other teams, uh, which <laughs> which shows you something. Uh, but again, when you're in those obvious passing downs and distances, it's real easy to tee up uh, and play, you know, a nice shell coverage to keep them in front and then get that offense off the field. So there's so many things that the trickle effect of just even cutting down sacks can have on the rest of the offense, the offensive strategy and the overall
1: success of the entire team all makes sense will it all makes sense it's gonna all come to fruition in 2023 and i cannot wait (laughs) that sounds good
0: i'm glad you can't wait Uh, i can't either (laughs) we just have a long summer between now and then but we always say it's long but then we blink and like it's training camp time (laughs) where did the summer
1: go every single time every single time so maybe wait a little bit we can enjoy a little bit of our summer and then get right back into football yeah, I can't
0: wait, though, just like you. All right, uh, let's take our final timeout of the show, and then we'll get into our overreactions from Bears OTAs. Can't wait uh, to see how everyone reacts to those overreactions. But, Nick, you're up first from a message from Goose.
1: Yes, yeah, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. So many great options like the Blackhawks Pale Ale, Tropical Beer Hug, 312 wheat ale and full pocket pills. Grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown Goose Island Beer Company. As you know, Chicago's beer. And now, well, we're going to go from beer to mm-hmm. the Common Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Yeah, you know, ComEd, they offer a wide variety of incentives on
0: lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Well, there was a lot of stuff in there. So how exactly does that all work? Sure, let's take a second and let's explain it. First, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, and they last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will then receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, definitely don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. And for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz.
1: Will, did you say comed.com poweringbiz?
0: Yeah, I know your AirPods broke and you're running on your backup head, you know, headphones today, so they're probably a little fuzzy, but that's exactly what I said. ComEd.com slash PoweringBiz. So go ahead and schedule
1: it today. He's not lying. These are now broken. Mm-mm. Well, they just don't hold a charge. I don't know if they're broken. They better be fixed. It's only a few months old, so.
0: Oh, so hold on. Uh, well, I, I have some questions, but I'm going to hold on them right now because I want to share these overreactions. And of course, cco bears off season coverage is brought to you by the Comet energy efficiency program. Learn more at comedcom slash, you know, it, powering biz. And all right. So you guys are at OTAs all week and you got to watch firsthand. And of course uh, I'll lean on you a little bit here, but I have some overreactions just based off the news. Uh, that has trickled out from my perspective, like the fact that obviously Jalen Johnson's time in Chicago, Nick, it's just running short. Like there's, there's no middle ground. He's just done. Obviously it, he's just going to hold out and end up getting traded. No contract extension, Jalen Johnson. That's why they drafted Tyreek Stevenson. They already had a replacement uh, in the works and we're just going to move on from JJ, I guess. Uh,
1: connecting the breadcrumbs, right? Well, like, yeah. enough to, yeah, no, I don't think that's the case, <laughs> but it's uh Yeah. For, you know, actually really quickly on this, like I've seen some people maybe actually overreact to this and this is what they actually think about the situation, but imagine like Jalen Johnson, you don't think he's communicated this to his teammates? Like, Hey, I'm not going to be there. Do your thing out there in OTAs. Like you think he's just ghosting them? No. Like of course he's going to talk to his guys and his teammates and let them know not going to be there. There's a reason why for this. And so they have an understanding there's communication being had. I feel like people are just overlooking that. And Jalen, from Jalen John's perspective, he's just not ghosting everybody, but, um, you know, if you want to look at the other way, yeah, he's out.
0: <laughs> well, overreactions, <laughs> that's what we're going yeah, for it's here. It's Someone true. said, that's not sarcasm; It was sarcasm. We got a, I need like a sarc, Sarcastic. we need like a sarcasm meter here on the show. And if I wag my finger mm-hmm. fast enough, you can see my green screen behind me. So there's my meter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I <did see> <laughs> Nick,
1: what's your, uh, big overreaction from this week? Yeah. Overreaction. And also, maybe reasonable, but I was watching Demarcus Marcus walk. You brought his name up earlier and I kind of mm. wanted to leave him out for, for this discussion, just seeing him move in the individual drills, seeing him completely blow by the left guard. And one of the team drills would have destroyed PJ Walker had this been uh, an actual game like setting. He had a really good positive impression on me. I think he's going to be our team leader in sacks this season. And again, overreaction, OTA practice, but he just showed me a lot. And I've always been someone that if they just watch how they practice, you know, that could be a good sign of what is to come later on in the season. But uh, DeMarcus Walker will lead the team in sacks this season. He also has that versatility to line up inside, Mm -hmm. can line up outside, did that for the Titans last year. But based off of one OTA practice, that's my overreaction right now. DeMarcus Walker is your Bears leading sack leader.
0: I need to know, though, is he leading a team that can't get a lot of sacks because they didn't address the edge position? Or is he leading the team in sacks that it's a team that, you know, racks up more sacks than a lot of outsiders may think right now? I just want to put this overreaction into and maybe an overreacting
1: context. It's a good question. Well, look, so in Matt Eberflus's defenses, even going back to Indy, only one player has ever had double-digit sacks in four years there. So this may be... He's leading the team in in sacks for a group that has, you know, a fair amount—five to six, six to seven. So he's like at that nine, nine and a half range for for the leader in sacks. Not, okay. not the number that I think Bears fans want, but the number that could be realistic.
0: Fair enough. I'll stick on defense, and I I think just by everything that I've heard from OTAs, and everything I just know about this player coming in, and just hearing positive, glowing reviews already. Coming through, it puts a huge smile on my face. And of course, I'm not overreacting when I say that Tremaine Edmonds is going to lead the league in total tackles this season. Nick, it's just going to happen. I'm sorry, TJ Edwards. I know you've had more over the last two years, but it's Edmonds' time to shine. I do believe he's going to enter, as I said earlier in the episode, his prime in Chicago. Again, five years of NFL experience, only 24 years old. He was 19 when he was drafted. He was a baby and now he's a grown-ass man playing in Chicago, and he's going to do some amazing things, including leading the league in tackles this season. Sorry to Edwards, and also sorry to Roquan Smith, but also not sorry.
1: I, I love that. Tremaine Edmonds, a guy like they were practicing when he had that deep interception, Will. like he it, It's far away. It's almost 100 yards away from us being in the opposite end zone. He stands out. He, he clearly stands out because of how physically – Big he is, and what he's capable of doing. So Termaine Edmonds, do it. Go lead the league in, in, in tackles this season. For me, what we saw early and often in OTAs was the fields to DJ Moore connection. They kept mm-hmm. on connecting. They connecting seven on seven, connecting team drills. Go ahead, Will.
0: I was gonna say, I I I know you. We've been podcasting for a long time. So I have something about DJ Moore on my list who obviously we have something about DJ Moore. So let's find out who is overreacting more. Nick, where's DJ Moore? Like what's your overreaction? And then I'll share mine. And I'm not gonna change mine at okay. all. No
1: matter what you say, I'll read exactly what's in my notes. I would say already now you have the more overreaction, but here's you where here's me. where mine, yes, here's where mine uh, lies in. Uh, we also saw Justin Fields connect to DJ Moore on what, maybe a 60-yard bomb down the right sideline. It was a beautifully thrown pass that, you know, Adam and I, we couldn't even see the full completion because you have to look through these offensive linemen. It was a bad position, but he connected with DJ Moore. The Bears finished last season with 31 plays that went for 20 or more receiving yards. They weren't in the top half of the league in terms of creating those explosive plays through the air. My overreaction is that DJ Moore, Justin Fields are going to flip that script, obviously with the complimentary of the other guys and go from being a bottom, bottom half of the leagues in explosive plays to top 10 through the air because of that connection, because of the continuity in the offense, the bears are going to be able to move the ball downfield. And it doesn't have to be just the 40 yard bombs. Like, just got to get 21 yards to be registered, 20 yards to be registered as an explosive play. So yards after catch, DJ Moore is going to be a big part of that. Justin Fields already showing that connection OTA. So that's my overreaction. But, Will, I feel like you're about to take explode that one out, out of the, the ballpark right now.
0: Yeah, speaking of explosive plays, here's an explosive overreaction. What about DJ Moore being a top three wide receiver in the NFL this season in terms of receptions? and yards Uh, that that connection on Tuesday just based off of what you guys were talking about. What I saw just was, I mean, for it to be like their first day out there and they're throwing the, you know, slinging the rock around like that, that gets me excited. And they are just now like they're in the infancy of Mm -hmm. starting this chemistry building. And so get it, give us through July, let's get through August and let's get to September and, and then let's see where this thing is at. Cause if they have those explosive plays and mine, My overreaction becomes a little more possible. But we all know, like, at least around the league, DJ Moore is like a tier one B, maybe a tier one C kind of receiver in the NFL. Maybe he can, you know, change that narrative now being paired with a quarterback like Justin, where he's not having to play with, you know, like the Bears backup now, PJ Walker out there uh, on some Sundays. Uh, But yeah, that's my overreaction for Moore. And then I have one more at wide receiver, which is, you know, all the talk I heard from Fields. And Matt Eberflus about another receiver in Chase Claypool makes me have the overreaction of, you know what? He's going to be the wide receiver two this season in overall production for Chicago. Darnell Mooney slides to number three. And we have Chase Claypool taking the reins uh, at wide receiver two for the Bears in overall production right behind DJ Moore. Now, am I overreacting? Absolutely, I am. But it's May 26, and I'm allowed to do so.
1: Yeah. There should be like a disclaimer that popped up on screens and like, even like a automated message. Like this is a over reaction segment, whatever is said it is may 26, but don't, don't discredit it, but it is an overreaction segment. So um, that's what's happened. That's our overreactions after the first OTA practice. Hey, there's a second OTA practice next Wednesday. So tune in to see what we say next time. Um, but I, that's interesting though. Will. what if, Chase Claypool is becomes a number two receiver over Darnell Mooney. Like, I mean, I think that's it. That's a good situation to have, right? It, or Bears fans gonna feel like, depends Man. on
0: if it's because yeah. Mooney takes a dip, or if it's Claypool, as how I worded my overreaction, like taking the reins and just taking charge mm-hmm. and becoming that receiver you saw in Pittsburgh, who was like that, you know, back to back thousand yard season guy then yeah, I think that's an okay situation. Now, money-wise, you're going to be in a really sticky spot. Like, who do you invest in? Because both guys are going to need some contracts here coming up pretty soon. Uh, I think Claypool first and then Mooney, but of course, we've heard that maybe Mooney's looking for that extension already. He's not worried about the money, but it's kind of in the works if they want to see him run. Uh, If I remember our talks last week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would be, it's not a bad spot to be in. Uh, It's just going to make Ryan Poles' job difficult but in a good way like it's a good thing to have to decide between some good talent in-house as opposed to always having to bring in because your resources are exhausted uh already but man i love doing some overreactions here uh in may uh let's uh hop into some supers and uh, let's bounce lawrence can do his uh blackhawk show true sure. Uh, if I can call him up, we can do him in order. We're going to go in order. I love it. Uh, Chris says, Kim Sachio collab with Tom Grossi. Uh, he's funny AF and the most famous Green Bay fan on YouTube. And he's doing 30 stadiums and 30 days for charity. By the way, that's awesome. Tom's mm-hmm. really a great guy. He's going to be in Chicago 6-1, So That's next week. Uh, we collabed with him uh, on our podcast. I think the 2018 season, we had him for meet the opponent. Uh, and then we hopped on his channel oh, yeah, here too. Yeah. And he had that nice set. Through on and for a guy who covers the packers like he's one of the few that i think does it respectfully uh even though he loves to throw in his comedy uh inside of it too but that would be interesting uh thanks for the heads up on this chris and we'll
1: definitely uh look into that i like that i almost forgot about that well thanks for like bringing that out like oh yeah that's why that name sounds familiar okay Mm -hmm. so maybe we can make something happen who knows yeah
0: for sure. Uh Jason says, who gets more tackles, Roquan or Edmonds slash Edwards? Now I don't know if it's Roquan or Edmonds or Edwards, or if it's Roquan or Edmonds and Edwards. Definitely it's Edmonds and Edwards. Like if it's an and it's in that direct it's in that direction here uh for the in the Bears favor. Uh but if it's Roquan or one or the other, I, I think that can
1: be uh, you know, that's up for debate, and that's gonna be a tough one. That is up for the I'm thinking, is it Patrick? Is it Patrick Queen, the the other linebacker opposite of, of Roquan Smith in Baltimore? I'm just trying to think like uh, I know there. he's there. I just I I, I don't pay attention to yeah, Baltimore's defense no. so much to to know all the ins and outs. But you know, the thing is like Edmonds and Edwards are gonna be competing for for tackles. Like those guys are gonna be high up there. So if maybe their numbers are more even but down, like maybe Roquan does end up actually having more uh, more tackles in the end here. So, uh, even if, if that's the case, it doesn't mean that, you know, the bears messed up. They, you know, it it was a bad signing, any of that stuff, but it just, you do have two productive linebackers right there throwing Jack Sanborn when they're in base defense that they're going to be competing.
0: All right. Uh, moving on to D man shy. What's up fellas? Love the show. Hey, Nick, you can read this one because it was you on the show
1: yep what's up fellas love the show Hinnick, hey, why didn't you give why didn't y'all give hoag more crap for that five inch comment tuesday that was crazy that was hilarious and like we were talking about shorts and i don't i don't know they're like normal size shorts that i usually wear He, adam always thinks they're like shorter shorts and like yeah i have like the seven inch long and then the five inch long shorts and he's like you have a five incher <laughs> and then that goes through the through the mind. And then I immediately was thinking of Justin Fields press conference when I forgot exactly what he said, but he's like, pause. That's what came into my head. And then we just uh went to Ayo. our next scheduled <laughs> segment. Uh but it was a funny thing. I said we should clip it, and we did. Lord's actually, day. we did. In fact, so, here it is. You got a five that. incher? <laughs> that, that that's <laughs> that's coming back. <laughs> that's gonna be clipped okay
0: (laughs) and and that it was didn't dispute it still hasn't disputed it so it's just a five internet
1: i guess so (laughs) <laughs> Guess so just a five <laughs> That was great work by Law too, right? And right right then and there, right after the podcast, like the clip was up or the clip was ready to go. So uh, hey, when great he, stuff there.
0: He has a great eye and ear. If there's gold, uh, he's not gonna take you mm-hmm. know more than a second to mine it. So we can definitely leverage it. Good stuff, Law. Uh, last super chat, then we're gonna bounce here for today from Alan, one CTO member, gets to spend the season protecting JF1. Who's it gonna be? Uh, they're saying
1: Braggs. I mean, he does build brick walls. I, cannot I don't think you do want that. that. You don't want any of us to be protecting Justin Fields. We want Justin Fields to be upright, to be good. No, not going to
0: happen. No. Nope. Yeah, see, these noodle arms ain't stopping nobody. I got the length, though. So if they want the length on the outside, I, 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 I got you. I got you there. But the strength. I, I may be lacking, but I, I think if he had to choose, I, I think Alan, you made the correct decision there. So A plus scouting, A plus scouting.
1: If Bears fans were complaining about Pierce Koronsky's arms, like, you know, for me, like that's, that's <laughs> not going to be good for anybody. So nobody wants that's that. That's what he meant. You have a couple five
0: inchers. All right. There it is. Five
1: inch arms. So. Five inch arms.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to help really you. Tired. I'm really trying to help you, but it's just not working. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts? And then we're going to wrap
1: up. Uh No, just everybody. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us on this Friday. As you know, we will not have a show on Monday, but we'll have plenty of Bears content. Bears OTAs will be on Wednesday next week and you'll have your recap and we'll definitely have more Bears coverage um throughout the rest of the summer. So don't go anywhere and make sure to hit that like button before you head out of today's show. I mean, definitely
0: go on trips, do what you need, but we're on YouTube uh, and we're on every podcast player out there so you can bring us with you but enjoy your weekend uh for sure uh, as we talked about at the top of the show no bears content on monday uh, we have the day off with doing six episodes this week but there are other shows still going on our channel on monday thanks lawrence for all that information at the top of the show but i had a great time uh, doing some overreactions looking at bears positional groups uh, and of course finding ways for them to flip the script here in 2023 hope you enjoyed the show too but we'll see you next time and of course bear down chicago